Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article that appeared in the March issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, Early Herd Rebuilding Could Happen Through the Bread Cow Market. I'm joined today by Dr. Elliot Dennis, who's a livestock marketing and risk management economist at the University of Nebraska. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Uh, Dr. Dennis, this article first appeared in the in the Cattle Markets newsletter on February 13th. And in this article, you highlight just some of what's going on with cow inventory and feeder cattle demand and, and bred cow markets and how current demand and cow availability could impact that. Share with us some of your thoughts around bread cow markets, demand for bread cows, and also demand for feeder cattle, and how that might shape things as we move through 2023. Yeah, so I think it's first worth reflecting back on the USDA cattle inventory report, which showed a 4% reduction in beef cows, a 6% reduction in heifers held back for retention, and a 5% reduction in the heifers expected to calve this year. Basically, what what that means is, for 2023, there is going to be continuing uh, liquidation. And so this article is more about addressing people who are thinking about trying to get ahead of the markets and where we would first see the indication of, of herd rebuilding really happening. And looking back in 2014, 2013, where we saw those first movements was in the bread cow market. It's easier to go out and buy bread cow to increase feeder cattle inventory than it is to try to retain a heifer and, and breeder and then and then sell the calf. So uh, that's kind of the why we wrote the article and where we really see the, this bread cow market, it's, it's really a dynamic market. And a lot of it has to do with the age, the weight, the months bred, the genetics, market conditions, you know, really driving these bread cow prices. And so what we what we did in this article was look at some of the published literature that's out there on the academic side that has aggregated and, and provided some estimates for what the bread cow market does. We review some of that, and then we show, given current market prices and, and future forecasts, what can we expect for people who are either considering selling into this market or people who are buying bread cows? What could we expect? Well, as you said, the bread cow market is very dynamic, and I think the drought right now is really adding Another layer of a complexity that combined with feed prices, uh, I guess, just give some perspective more on this cow herd dynamic scenario, where you're located in the United States. There's just a lot of factors that go into the value of a bred cow on a certain day. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of the ones that we tended to focus on uh, were the age of the cow and the months of gestation. And, and then we also focus on some market prices. So just, just for review, I mean, if we're everything compared relative to a base. And so if we have, let's say a three, a three-year-old cow and we're trying to say, okay, what would be the price differences if I were to buy a three-year-old cow versus a 10-year-old cow? But we should expect about a 20% discount for a 10-year-old cow as we would for a three-year-old cow. And there really is no difference between three and, and a four-year-old. There tends to be higher premiums for kind of younger cows, two-year-olds, and then it's pretty much a linear decrease from about uh, 5% to 20% as far as the decrease goes. So if we're thinking about what that market should be, that's where we should expect as far as the, the age. We talk about gestation, there tends to be a discount all the way up until about six months. And then after six months, there tends to be a premium. 
And so if we're going out and we're going to buy or we're thinking of selling a bred cow, we should be expecting a discount for cows that are in gestation lower than, than six months. And then a premium of a little bit of premium above there. And then the next thing that we often get questions about is, when should I sell these bred cows? And what we show in the in this article is that the peak time or when prices are the highest tend to be in this late January through the end of through the end of March. And really we see highest the highest prices during that time. And then they start to slowly come down and they tend to be lowest in that fall. And we kind of attribute a lot of that to people trying to line up their inventories and, and get cows that are on similar breeding cycles so that they're not having wide distribution in, in calving. Um, and also it's kind of an, when do we have the feed, right? We have the feed in the summer, so it, it makes sense to buy them in, in the springtime. And of course, there's other reasons. And the last is, given that we know that these market conditions generally apply age of the cow, the gestation, the and the seasonality of it, like those tend to be pretty fixed, what really drives the market. And so we spend a, a good portion of the article also talking about if we have, if we know what feeder cattle prices are, and we know what corn prices are, and we have some sort of expectation of, of where those could go. And we know where the, the bread cow market is right now, what could we reasonably expect? And, and so what we showed is that relative to a certain base, which was at the time we did the article was $6 corn for December and about 210 feeder cattle uh, October price, then what can we expect as far as bread cows, given that the corn and feeder cattle market are moving all over the place? And, and we uh, did this relative to 1150 bread cow. And so we, we provide some percent premium or percent discount given where we're at in the corn and feeder cattle prices. So if you're thinking of going into the market and you're saying, okay, I know these factors exist and there's premiums and discounts and all these other things, and you want to just isolate relative to this 1150 base price, how much should I be paying given where the feeder cattle is and where the corn price is? You can go on there and just literally, you know, if it's a 5% discount at 550 corn and, and 200 dollar per hundred weight on the feeder cattle can kind of use that to give some sort of price expectation. So I hope that it's, it's useful and we'll provide some kind of just general commentary on the bread cow market and then some tools that can be used as far as if you're, you're getting into the market. One of the things you mentioned in this article, and I think it's important to give context on is the background for this study was using Oklahoma city bread cows. So we do see some variability just in location in the United States on the bread cow market. I guess comment on that a little bit as we think about bred cows in the northern plains. Yeah, there's there's definitely going to be uh, some variability as you know when we think about the quality of the feeder cattle that's coming out. That tends to as we get to locations that have tend towards higher quality feeder cattle with more premium genetics, or just when I say premium, talking more about premium that the fed or the feedlot receives at the end. So think about higher choice good grading, we tend to see bread cow prices tend to be a little higher. In Nebraska, we tended to have really good price reporting by USDA Agriculture Marketing Service on the cow market. But really since 2020, uh, USDA has stopped reporting our cow market, which I think is kind of a shame when we talk about you know the market here in Nebraska and, and how it really serves as a premium. We get other reports from, let's say, Wyoming and even some from South Dakota, but we don't actually get reported for Nebraska. And when we've talked to USDA about that, they mainly put it towards uh, basically personnel and, and training personnel and 
the people that they currently have that report on the feeder cattle market side are already stretched so thin. And so they tend not to want to report the bread cow. So I think that's something that, you know, as an industry, I think we should push as a state, we should push for and contact USDA and say, we want cow reporting. But currently right now, when we talk about bread cow prices, we either have to look at individual sale barn receipts, which can be very tedious and, and we don't know how representative they are, or we can go to neighboring states and try to get a proxy for where we might be at. One of the other things you didn't talk about in the article very much, but I think also is interesting as we think about cattle prices and looking at bread cow values, what we can afford to pay for bread cow today is is kind of the expectation around slaughter cow prices. What are those cows going to be worth when we trade them in, so to speak? Yes. Yeah. Very good point. And as I started off this podcast, really talking about the cattle inventory report, and we said we are down about you know four or five percent. A lot of that's being blamed on the drought, but on the flip side, there were large market incentives to sell these cutter cows and, and breaker cows to basically satisfy consumer demand for ground beef, which was extremely high given reduced imports and ground beef from places like Australia, New Zealand, and, and Brazil. That's definitely been a factor. So if there's market incentives out there to sell cows, then, uh, then that definitely impacts not only the replacement market for cows, but just total inventory in general. And cow slaughter this year was was really picking up. The first couple months, it's since tapered back down pretty aggressively, but a lot of that was being driven by higher cutter cow prices too. So absolutely, we have producers saying, I'm just going to go out and, and can potentially get a better price for these uh, and just sell them. And that affects obviously the supply and the, overall the availability of, of these cows in, in the local market. Dr. Dennis, we didn't talk about this, and this is not really in your article, but as we think about what can I afford to pay for bread cow today, sometimes we talk about net present value. So we're thinking about what's that cow's expected income potential, which you talked about with the feeder cattle market, feed prices, her coal value. I guess maybe flesh out for us a little bit, just as people sit down and think about what can I afford to spend for a cow today, what are some things they need to think about for their own operation as they push that pencil? Yeah, I think being realistic about how long that cow is going to be in the herd is the number one thing. Then we have to have some expectation about, like you said, what feeder cattle price is going to be. Uh, we have to have some expectation of how much feed we're going to have to push through the cow. I think those are the primary things I think about. There's obviously lots of other ones, but I would hope that producers are considering getting into the building back with either bred heifers or bred cows that they would strongly consider running the numbers first. I think we can learn from 2014 and, or 2013, 2014, 2015, that uh, sometimes we were maybe buying cows and they might've been really great cows, but uh, they would have had to live a long life in order to actually pay down all of the expense that we, we put into them right when we purchased them. And there is the adage, right? We don't make money on the sell. We make money on the buy. Uh, and so making sure that buy on the on the cow side is um, is done fiscally responsible and we feel like the markets will support our expectations is, is really important. Anything else on this topic you'd like to highlight today? No, as always, if there's questions or clarifications or you just want to talk through uh, things on your operation, I, I'm always willing to, to talk and I love talking to producers about it. And I know you as well, Aaron, are happy to do that as well. So I think we're here to help as a resource. Well, thanks again for joining me today. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, for more on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, there are a number of resources on this topic.